This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. podcast to expand your idea of what is impacting the veterinary world, veterinarians, and all animal care professionals as humans. We are your co-hosts. I'm Dr. Jen. And I'm Dr. Jason Chatfield. And if you are not yet a Vet Candy subscriber, why not? Please subscribe for free today at myvetcandy.com. You can also reach us at jen at myvetcandy.com or jason at myvetcandy.com. And as uh, some of our cohorts in the Candyverse like to say, answers with love and positivity will be answered first, although not exclusively. I should say questions uh, (laughs) asked with love and positivity. So our topic today is the economy in this pandemic and then in the post-pandemic era. In other breaking news, things are going to be a little bit different. Yes. And uh, I have to say, Dr. Jason, do you, do you hear something a little different? I hear something a little, a lot different, actually. I'm wondering if it's on your end. It is Certainly on not on my end, end because I'm where I'm always at. I don't change a lot. I think we've, think we've established that. I like routine. Yeah, yeah you, you like routine. You sound a little bit different. I What's do happening over there? Yeah, because I'm still at the farm, because everybody knows I love the farm, but I am in my cottage at the wow. farm. Wow. All right, everyone yes! who, doesn't, who don't know, who don't know Dr. Jen, this is a big deal. This is a huge step. We're working on that cottage for a while. I'm so happy and proud of you. It's fantastic. How, yes. What's it like? What's, like, what's since September. Well, right now it's kind of empty and echoey. I don't know if you all can hear that out in the candy verse. It's a little echoey because I haven't moved in yet. But I wanted to, to come and do our first podcast from the cottage. And I'm super stoked for this podcast, Jason. Yes, but hold on. First of all, it's so echoey. Just so everybody knows, you're actually in the closet. Yes. I I wish we had a video. You're in the closet. Come on out of the closet, (laughs) Dr. Jen. Because, you know, the very first thing that I moved in was my clothes and my shoes. And I had to build, I went to the six shelves for my shoes. Yes. So anyway, so I'm super excited because I just finished this little construction project here at the farm. And I'm so glad I did because, man, the world is changing. It's unpredictable these days, isn't it? Very. And so uh, again, again, we should, um, we should not talk about it like we're the experts. Let's, uh, mm. let's get an expert. You got an expert yeah. for us? I, yeah, of course we do. So joining us in the Candyverse today is Paul. And Paul, you're going to have to say your last name for me because I can't get it. Gazella. Last Gazella. Last actually the Arabic version of Gazelle. I was just going to say, how beautiful is it that you're on with me and Dr. Jason, two zoo vets and Paul the Gazelle. Yeah, Paul the Gazelle. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank That's you. Fabulous. And we haven't seen him run yet, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm thinking he's graceful. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish, but I'm not. In, in name only. In name only. Well, you know what? On a podcast, that's all that counts. <laughs> that is true. Okay. So um, today, so Paul's joining us today because he has an, um, a special type of expertise. And it's not necessarily um, running across the savanna. It's economics. That is, yes, economics. I calculate damages, I consult with companies, and I prepare tax returns. So 
uh, have a little bit of a, uh, an interesting practice. Jen, don't, don't sell him short. I'm what? sure he's never even tried to run across a Savannah, but with a name like that, I'm sure it would be great. What are you talking about? Of course, you right. can not only run across Savannah, <laughs> but also do economics. That's right. He could do economics. And economics, not only just in general, but related to the veterinary world and animal health. Right, Paul? Yes. Excellent. So did you always want to be an economist? Did you start out like counting the jelly beans you got at Easter or was, did, did you kind of fall into being an, uh, a CPA, an accountant, and an economist? No, I, I've always loved animals and frankly always wanted to be a veterinarian. But someone told what? me back when I was wee that I'd be, I'm good at math and math people are, should be accountants. So that's exactly what I did. I went that route. <laughs> that's, um, all, so, that, I, that, that's all it took. Just someone said, math people should be accounts. That's it. I'm done. I'm going to be an it. accountant. All right. Seventh grade. Seventh, seventh grade, grade on. Seventh grade on. That's all I, I thought I should do because that's what someone told me to do. Meanwhile, I've always loved animals and <laughs> wish I was a veterinarian. <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. And, you know, um, friends, you, you can't see this, but uh, behind Paul in his office, all of the artwork is related to uh, zoo animals. So he truly does love, I guess, his, um, his colleagues from the Savannah. <laughs> and, oh, and I should mention that he has two dog beds in his office at all times for his pets to be there. So first things first, let's get it right out there. What are the dog's names? Lola and Charlie. Lola and Charlie, most excellent. Yes. And so the economy these days is interesting. So have you been taking bets on what it's going to do? Is that like a fun thing that economists like sit around on Saturday evening and, you know, take, take bets or a pool on what's going to happen these days? There's certainly discussion. Unfortunately, being the conservative nature that I am, I'm not taking bets on something that I can't foresee or, or calculate the risk for. And that's part of the big problem is we really don't know where this is going. Yeah, zero idea. None. Exactly. Less zero. Than, less than zero, probably. So. so let's see, because there were predictions being made. And I know um, you work with veterinary practices in your practice. And so what was the outlook kind of before the COVID or the coronavirus pandemic? Like January, right? Like you mean like January, February, that kind of deal? Maybe before yeah. that even? December? Yeah, what did, well, what was the, what did it look like? Generally good. We, our economy as a whole has been in a very long period of growth. So there's been a lot of spending, a lot of people, the market's been, been very hot for a long time, and a lot of people have been riding that wave. And I think generally people thought it was going to continue. Mm -hmm. There definitely was some caution because the length of that growth period was among the longest we've seen ever. But, so but at some was, point, there was going to be a market correction. Okay, but so here's what's interesting. So because, you know, we like to debunk things that are in fake news here on, um, in other news. And so I would hear people talking about that on the news back before the pandemic started. And someone said, and he was like a guy that seemed to say smart things. So you tell me. He said that the laws of gravity don't necessarily apply to a market-based economy. And so he said... Why do we presume that because it's been going up for so long that it must come down? You know, and I thought, well, that makes some sense. So am I crazy? Am I just being like yes. elementary? No, you are crazy. It, it <laughs> certainly sounds logical, but there is no way that that can sustain itself forever. There, okay. there is always going to be a market correction because in a strong economy, the prices just keep going up and up and up without uh -huh. any relation to value or supplier demand. Right. 
So at some okay. point, the prices just get too high and people finally say, we can't afford to pay that. And mm-hmm. then that's when the economy takes the dip. So when things just keep going up and up and up unrelated to value, are you talking about airline tickets or? <laughs> well, airline also- tickets, you name it. Hotel prices, Everything. airline tickets. Yeah. Everything. And so, and so also the logic is there, but, but also you have to, and this is going to bring it full circle here, I think, but, but you can't, that's in a vacuum, right? You can't just say, okay, it's all things being equal. It's going to keep going up and up and up, but all things are never equal. There's always something that that happens always. And I think maybe that's what drives the economy one way or the other. And it's a general kind of time shift, right? So if you're looking at it and in a snapshot of one month, okay, that's different. But if you're looking at the overall trend going up, it's going to go up and down and up and down, but the general trend will be up, correct? And so I think we've hit that thing yes, uh, that no one yes. saw coming and, and, and may have changed it a little bit. Well, most people saw that it was coming. They didn't know when, but the few outliers are the ones that would say that this is a new economy and we're not going to have to have a correction. But every time we say that it's a new economy and we're not going to have a correction, yeah. that we're defying the law of gravity, you look through history, that's when the market right. correction is going to happen. Right. right, exactly. Just when you think that you're safe and secure and you're not listening for the other shoe, it drops and its name is COVID-19. Correct. Right? <laughs> yes. Correct. <laughs> yes. So, so for the economy, as we, as we talk about veterinary practices, before the pandemic, practices were doing great by and large, weren't they? Like animal health industry was on the upswing. Yes. Um, you Employment know. was up. Yes. And now... During the pandemic, I mean, I know, I know specialists who've been furloughed from their practices. You know, people had to lay off support staff. Have you found that with your veterinary clients or because, you know, it probably is different everywhere, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, and certainly some of the harder hit areas were affected sooner than uh, other parts of the country that haven't gotten it as hard. But the problem is the uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've never had a situation where everything was just shut down on a Monday. We've never had that situation. Right. We've had things change over time, but we've sure. never had a complete shutdown. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. I can't, you know, I love history. Well, you don't know this, Paul, but Jason I don't, I don't know that either. What do you mean you love history? Dude, how do you think I do so well on Jeopardy? I love it. And it comes Because you're full all of worthless time. information. That's why I think you do really well. And I think you watch it beforehand. But let's, let's move on, okay? We won't get into that debate, all right? I live in the Eastern time zone. Yeah, I can't but... watch it beforehand. That's a all reasonable right. argument if I was in the Pacific. But anyway, so... I don't think there's ever been a circumstance. And also, you, like, you know, I love policy, right? I love the government. I worked on Capitol Hill. I love it. Well, I don't love the government. I love government operations. Okay. Let's back that up. Studying them, right? <laughs> right? I am from Texas. We don't love the government. So it's incredible to me that we have a set of circumstances that I don't think has ever been seen in America since its inception, which is the, the federal government and the state government saying, I guess it was mostly the state governments. Yep you will now shutter your private business. That's, you're accurate. I, I don't know of any point in history where across the board, businesses were shut down mm-hmm. except for essential services. Yeah, and those businesses that were shut down, they may provide like 25% of their business could be deemed those essential services, but they could still have the rest of the 75% open also. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so right. we have our friends, I say our friends, our colleagues in industry, in the pet care industry, we have groomers, boarders, doggy daycares, and all those practices, which may or may not be deemed essential. And if they were standalone, they probably had to close in the face of these stay-at-home orders and social distance mitigation efforts by the government. 
But if you were a veterinary practice who also had one of those entities operating your practice, I guess you could still have that open. Well, yes, but then you'll have the question of demand. So maybe you are still open, but do you need doggy daycare? Because how many people are staying home? Now they don't need that service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's ripple down effects to That's true. So I want to, before we get too deep into that, I kind of want to have a little bit of difference of opinion here because I'm in a, I'm in a giant shocker. I'm in a big metropolitan area and I will tell you the veterinary industry here, specifically in my little microcosm of a world here is going crazy. Like they, they, they are so unbelievably busy and it's not just because it's, it's a little bit slower with the way they're doing stuff with the curbside service that is, you know, slower and days are longer. They're seeing more people. They're seeing more dogs and cats. And of course, that probably can't go on and on and on. And maybe that's only, uh, only here and in the, in, the, in the rural parts, it's not that way. I don't no. really know. All I know is what I see. And I see it's extremely busy. In my area, it's very busy too. All the, the practices I know of are really busy. But I know a friend of mine, she's in the middle of the country. And the practice that she was working part-time at, they started to contract. you know, And so she was laid off. Now that's, um, yeah, that's, that's just so interesting. It's such a dichotomy, it's so different from one place. And we always say that but it's very different from one place to the other. Mm-hmm. But, and so, um, Paul, are you not with the veterinary practices with which you're familiar? Are they having different responses or is it the same? Well, th- there's a couple of routes that my clients have taken. One of them is cut back their hours and oh, wow. limit it to emergencies only and uh-huh. curbside pickup for food and other deliveries. Okay. Others are laying off people mm-hmm. and uh, hoping that some of the federal stimulus can help. They can use some of those funds to get those people back working. Other mm-hmm. people are keeping everybody on paying them full time, but are not, not having people come into work. So they're, they're kind of running the gamut as to what they're doing. Are they, I guess a question I have is, are they doing that because business is, because it, it essentially we're talking about small business, because business is so, is so slow because that, that's just not happening uh, where I'm at. I mean, they have to hire more people because business is so, has picked up so much. And, and the, the prevailing thought is kind of funny is people are now at home yeah. looking at their dogs and cats more often, right? <laughs> more often than, oh my gosh, that, you, know, you know, Fluffy's been limping. I got to take him to the vet. Or more likely, man, I haven't is been out of my flea? house in a while. I got to go somewhere. <laughs> Let's go to the vet, right? I think that's part of the issue. And so, and so I'm curious, uh, wherever you are, Paul, if they're, if they're just not seeing the business or they're just sort of out of an abundance of caution. They don't want people there. Cause there I think it's the latter. I, I think it's the safety measures yeah. that they're, they're putting those in place at, in the abundance of caution. Right. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, so veterinary industry and animal health industry was on the upswing until we had the pandemic hit. And now as we move, we're moving through it, hopefully we've flattened the curve, so to speak. And so maybe we're on the back half of it. I mean, I guess that's up for debate as well. And so when we come back from the break, we're actually going to talk about what things going to look like post-pandemic. And let's get a little more positive about this economic stuff here, folks, because there's still nothing better to be in the world than a veterinarian. I tell you what. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some of our bills and stick with us. And on the, on the backside, we are going to talk about what's happening post-pandemic. We'll be right back. Vet Candy makes your life easier with scientific news, clinical updates, and expert lifestyle tips. Sign up for free at myvetcandy.com and start making your life sweeter. Oh, sure. It's all fun and games until someone ends up in a cone. (laughs) 
That's right. We are animals. Deal with it. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Where we're talking about economics, we're talking about the economics before and during the pandemic in the veterinary and animal health industry, and uh, our special guest, Paul the Gazelle. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask him for Paul the Gazelle? That's right. I love it. I love it. I think that's, that's great. Excellent. Paul the Gazelle, who's also uh, not just an antelope, he's also an economist and uh, works with veterinary practices, does practice valuations, economic damage control, you name it, he is an economist with a cape on. So um, you mentioned something just before we went to break. You talked about pet food, like people, some of your clients are doing curbside pickup for food and um, medication, ongoing medication, stuff like that. But let's, so let's talk about that. So has the pet food industry been affected? Because people are at home, pets still eat. I would suspect that in general, the pet food industry is going to be fine, right? The demand is still there. <laughs> They're still going to eat. Exactly. Everyone's got to eat. The demand is there. Maybe the okay. product mix changes, yeah. but the demand is still there. I love how you say the demand. It's like you've seen Charlene when I'm tardy <laughs> giving her breakfast. <laughs> I can completely relate. I get woken yeah. up if I, yes. if, if I wait too long. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And by too long, you mean one minute. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, I guess we should call it BC before COVID. Boutique diets and raw diets and stuff had become incredibly popular. People were cooking for their own pets. They were not cooking for their, <laughs> for their own pets in the case of raw diets. And they were buying these foods that were super grain-free and all protein and all this and stuff, you know, that pendulum swing didn't turn out well because we found that there was some, some heart, heart issues related to grain-free diets and stuff. So I'm, I'm wondering if after the pandemic, when things get start to kind of grind again, as far as the economy and commerce, I wonder if those boutique diets are going to be as popular with that price tag or if people are going to get back to, you know, regular dog food. Well, I, th- I think the key is the price tag. You know, oh. boutique diets that are priced similar to other forms mm-hmm. of uh, food are going to be fine. I think people, especially as we come out of this, people are going to be a little bit more choosy with their spending dollars. Mm-hmm. And they are going to stay away from the more expensive items in general. This doesn't necessarily apply only to dog food. Ah, They're going to be yeah. more choosy with their dollars. And, yeah. uh, but over time, I would expect things to get back to normal. Uh, if we look five years from now, uh-huh. I'm sure there's going to be another boutique diet that's pricey that people are going to be more willing to invest in. But in the short term, I think that it's going to be a little bit more of the price point is going to be the decision maker. Yeah. So that's going to impact veterinarians too. Yes. Um, because of that price point, right? You know, there's there's choices because there's these, what's been kind of the, the trend, especially with pharmaceuticals in the animal industry, where these long acting compounds, you know, like you only have to treat your dog for fleas once every five years or yeah. <laughs> I exaggerate, but you know, something yeah. like that. It was going or, that way though, for yeah, sure. Right. And it's the same thing in human medicine, you know, like they've got those insulins now that last forever. You don't have to do insulin twice or three times a day. Yeah. And so we're kind of following that in the veterinary industry. So 
Do you think that price point's going to be like a big deciding factor there as well? I do. And I think people are going to avoid doing some of the extra services. Maybe the dental procedures are going to be put off a year or two. You know, maybe some of the blood tests that are optional are going to be put off a year or two. Um, I think people are going to make choices like that in, in their care for their pet. Yeah. Well, they, they, I mean, they have to. They're going to have to because of the economy, I, I would imagine. They would love to, but we would all love to drive a Rolls Royce, right? Absolutely. I mean, I would. I may, maybe, maybe Jim Dennis, but, but I would, but sometimes you can't, right? Especially with the economy being, being down and no one having, having jobs for a while. So, so they're going to have to. Jason, you know I prefer to be driven, so. Oh, my, my yeah, you're even a step ahead. Yeah, not driving, <laughs> being driven in a Rolls Royce. You're, yeah, you run in a whole different circle. That's my fault. I don't even, think, right. that. I don't even think like that. Okay, so, um, but here's what I think is interesting, too, is that, so Paul just touched on it, as an economist would, and said that uh, people won't be doing those unnecessary procedures or those elective procedures. And so my fear would be that uh, veterinary care might, might be impacted negatively. I don't mean like the economics of it, but I mean like care for the pets. Because if I tell you your dog needs a dental, I tell you like, yeah, I think your dog needs, needs to have his teeth cleaned next year. Yeah, we could do it now. Or you could wait six months. But, you know, news doesn't, you know, bad news doesn't get better with age, right? So like if your dog has dental disease, we got to clean your teeth. And if your dog needs blood work, if I'm recommending blood work, it's not, not for funsies. It's not because I'm selling the blood out the back door. <laughs> it's because I think we need that for your pet. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that communication gap is filled by veterinarians in practice. What do you think, Jason? Listen, I think it all depends on how the economy rebounds with this, with this situation. It's all about, you know, you know, extraneous income or what the right, what the right word is. If you have the money to spend it, you would do it. If you don't, you have to make choices. It's, it's no different. Discretionary. Discretionary income. It's no different than, than anything else in your life, right? If, yeah. if you want the nice shoes, you buy them if you can. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you look at the, you know, okay, I can get it by without, without this. So the communication will be important with veterinarians. You know, you absolutely have to have this blood work. We have to, you know, you have to be a little more forceful with stuff instead of, instead of making an elective thing. So, uh, you know, we all, we deal with that every day anyways. It's just going to be more of it, I think. So what do, what do we think about, uh, the, like, the shortage of veterinarians? Because, again, BC, before COVID, there was a shortage of veterinarians. I guess there were some vet students who were being offered employment contracts their third year. I mean, gonna, it was getting I, as bad as the so, NCAA. Listen, you're, you're so negative, all right? That's not the right way to think of it. It's not the shortage of veterinarians, right? Right. It's, it's, the, it's a demand. The it's the higher demand for veterinarians. <laughs> not the shortage of veterinarians. What's wrong it's with true. you? So, it's true. It's true. Into the Economist. Yes, I represent. <laughs> right, and so what's? I wonder what's going to happen with that. Well, I would expect, as it always happens in a down economy, is applications to educational institutions are going to go up because people are going really? to defer. Well, because if the job market is not as strong, people yeah. look to education to either better themselves or because they don't have another opportunity. So that's so, the first thing that I think is going to yeah. happen is that applications are going to increase. Now, obviously, there's a, a finite number of slots for veterinary students. Well, but not really, Paul, because we've seen, I don't know, four brand new veterinary schools open in the last five years. Still finite. But it's, yeah. There's a bigger finite number. It's a, big, right. a bigger. Thank you, Jason, yes. with your math degree. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Also, also I, want, I want to touch on what Paul said. I know I'm, he says such good stuff. We got to talk about it, right? I know. He basically said, maybe I heard wrong, the economy is going to go down. We're all going to get smarter as a society, right? We're all going to go to school. <laughs> That's great. 
Man, yes. gotta look at the positives, silver we, lining, people. We'll be better, better educated, so we will come out the other side in That's a better correct. position. Yeah, well, but you know what I think? Well, I'm going to tell you what I think. That's what's going to happen right now, is that not just coming out the other end with an education with some higher degree, but maybe I hope folks will look for development of a different marketable skill, That's a great right? point. Because like just a master's in something else, like, you know, you see guys with like three master's degrees, not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> but, you know, maybe getting a marketable skill <laughs> could be more effective. <laughs> like says, the says the person who has how many board certifications? No, but veterinarians, okay. like, you know, I've always said that veterinarians, we, all we did was go to high end vocational training. That's what veterinarians did, right? It was very expensive vocational training. Same thing with doctors. And hey, I could say the same thing about accountants. That's <laughs> high-end vocational training. It is. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. So, wow. So I wonder what that's going to do for specialty practices, like referral practices too, when we come out of this. And how quickly do you think this economy is going to going to get back to normal? You said five, you were talking about five years in the future earlier when you, you know, you were uh, making a reference, but you think it'll take five years or? What do no, you I don't. I, I use the five-year reference because that's when I think our memories will have forgotten exactly we'll forget. the pain exactly that you're going right. through now. <laughs> I, think, I think in 2021, we will start to see uh, improvements. Unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of job losses now, and that is going to cause mm -hmm. a lot of problems with people being able to They're unfortunately not going to be able to meet their obligations. Yeah. They're going to be yeah. going into debt. It's yep. going to take some time for once business is open for the economy to get back to normal uh -huh. and people to get back on track and pay down some of that debt and, and, and uh, get moving forward. Yeah. But the problem is that not only do the businesses have to open up and these people have to get back to work, but we're going to have earnings reports coming out by all the publicly traded oh. companies. Yeah. And it's not going to be great news. That's why I think it's going to push through a little longer than when the uh, businesses are able to open again in a full scale. Wow. And speaking of debt, you know, currently the average veterinary student debt is that 165000 is the average. Now, I have to say, I think, I think you can't compare apples to oranges. And I think the student debt, when it was calculated before the um, integration of offshore and other uh, private or for-profit oh, schools, yeah. I think that probably brought the average up significantly. A little bit more, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's apples to oranges if you compare prior to those being accredited and put into the computer. But that's in any still, case, it's a lot. It's a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, it just I wonder about that. But then I also wonder about clients and pet owners coming in. So do you think that? We, and we keep asking you to make these predictions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think you know I could have a magic eight ball maybe, and, and, and you feel free to tell me to shake the ball again <laughs> to get a different answer. But um. So in the last probably five years, there's been this focus on increasing, increasing, increasingly higher level of care. Like, I mean, for heaven's sakes, at the a uh, lot of the national veterinary conferences at the first quarter of this year, they were talking about how every general practitioner should have a CT scanner in their practice, which I find to be just patently absurd. But that's where the trend was going. Do you think that's going to change and we'll focus more on providing affordable general medicine in general practice again? Definitely in the short term, the focus will be on general medicine because what they're looking to do is they're going to be, they're going to, practices are going to be focusing on meeting their clients' needs on the price point that they're willing to pay. 
-hmm. We look, and I'm going to use that five-year window again. When Mm -hmm. we get five years down the road and we've forgotten the pain that we're going through now, we're going to see those CT scans and practices looking to expand, right? Because they, they are potential profit centers for these practices in ways that the general medicine, the basic medicine that they mm-hmm. might offer in the short term is not going to provide the practice. They're going to look for additional ways to generate money. Okay. So yeah, so now we, now we get to kind of the fun part and the positive part, which is what can suggestions that you might have if I'm a practice owner for how I can kind of weather this transition more effectively? Um, What might I do? Well, the first phase is typically the initial panic of my business is shut down. You know, my cash flow is going to be affected. I have all these responsibilities and not only uh, financial obligations, but you have your employees Mm -hmm. that you care about that have helped you build this practice. Um, So once you get past that initial panic and just take a deep breath, Businesses can, any business, but veterinary practices can find ways to meet their customers' needs, even through this pandemic. Okay. You have the curbside service. That's encouraging, Oh, absolutely. There there are ways through this. I'm not saying it's easy, but there are ways through this. How can you expand your services? Uh, You are considered an essential business. Mm -hmm. So how can you offer things that other businesses were typically performing that now you might be able to offer? Grooming, things like that. I took my dogs to a local retailer to get their nails clipped uh, because it's uh-huh. always a disaster when I do it. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were stopping their uh, grooming service. So oh. my, my veterinary practice filled in that gap for me, and I probably will continue to use the veterinary practice going forward. So there's ways, things like that are options for veterinary practices. Okay. I didn't even think about that. Is So what, that's kind of counterintuitive. Doesn't that seem like he just told us, Jason, that we could consider maybe expanding our services? Yeah. You got to be, in you gotta, you gotta be, indis- you gotta be more indispensable than we were before. That's right. right. No, but I think that's only smart. If you can offer something that other people can, it's unfortunate. You offer it and you move on with life. And then in five years, you can buy this, you know, the aforementioned CAT scan and be like everybody else who has one. <laughs> And, and that's always that, five year thing. This is great. I'm just, I just I want know. to come ahead and be like, forget this pandemic five years. There'll be 87 vaccines for all these new diseases. We'll all be happy. Let's move on. So. And that, that indispensable word is so important for not only any business, but everybody individually become mm-hmm. indispensable right. to, for whatever you're doing. I think that's, that's incredible. That is like such a counterintuitive piece of advice. So look at ways, but I guess I mean, that's why, like, why is it counterintuitive? Because in the face of a contracting economy, He's saying you should expand your services. I, I, think, I think that the, not counterintuitive. I think that that's 100% what, what anybody should do. Uh, I'm trying to survive here. I'm trying to, trying to keep afloat, right? Trying to spread so you know my arms and stay above the, the drowning line, right? Not it, counterintuitive. It does make sense because isn't, this is another e- economy term that I'm familiar with. So you want to diversify your there revenue you stream. Yes. There you go. That's not new, is it, Paul? That's, that, no, that's old school, all. right? Right. And people are familiar with it because originally it was called the side hustle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Let's not put all of our eggs in one basket. We can go way back. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> I'll point out that you were wrong, Dr. J. It is not counterintuitive. Very okay. much. Okay. It is. It is. But I think that's incredible. And so, I mean, is there anything else that you think that veterinarians should know? And actually, I should, I should bring this up that there is going to be probably a rise in revenue and veterinary practices because we've seen this rash of people purchasing pets from shelters because they're sitting at home, right? So they think, oh, it's a great time to get a dog. Yes. Uh, two of my wife's colleagues just yesterday announced that they adopted two dogs, each of them, 
Oh my gosh, that's four dogs total. Yes. So that that was just one anecdote that I had heard coincidentally yesterday. That's fantastic. Shelters are empty now. Well, I think that's like a little bit too far. I I don't imagine shelters could ever be empty. empty. Right. But but hopefully not transient. Right. I hope that they can be. But I I think it's just fantastic um, that people are getting pets because if we want to help ourselves maintain mental health during this pandemic, I think that's it. The other thing that people are doing is that telemedicine. Yes, absolutely. That's another way to reach your your patients in a safe way and meet the demand. So during Mm -hmm. this time, it's absolutely another way to do it. Crazy. So there is a silver lining there is that people are going to be able to, people should consider expanding their services um, until such time as we get back to kind of what we call a normal economy. But I'm going to guess five years is a magic number. (laughs) On this podcast anyways. That's right. Hey, listen, it's like you're about to wrap up. I have another question for you. Uh, oh, you got a question. Paul, yeah? So everyone's talking about this business and economy and all this uh, and, and it's good stuff. What do we think? And I'm only asking you guys first because I really have no idea. So if I ask the question, I don't have to answer it. What do we think about insurance for pets? Is this going to be a bigger deal moving forward or is it going to be? I can't imagine it's going to only be bigger because of the lack of, of funds that you might have to pay for something that, hey, if you had insurance, hey, listen, now they'll pay for it. That you, you got the premiums paid for, but I have no idea really about how the pet insurance market is handling this. I don't know if you guys have heard anything at all about that. I haven't heard anything specific related to COVID. I do know that in general, insurance is a philosophy item. You either believe in insurance or you don't. And oh, I was like that's the tooth typical- fairy? Exactly. <laughs> so you either believe in the product and are willing to pay it, or you don't see the value in it. And I find that not only with pet insurance, but with other types of insurance as well. Oh yeah, I think that's interesting. I think I, I must be a true believer in insurance because I feel terrified if I don't have it for one minute, right? Because things are, you know, especially in the health industry is super expensive. Well, but I, but I, I think I think that got, got back in, um, hmm, back in like 2009 or 2010. I think a lot of people felt that way about um, their own like health insurance, but now you see health savings accounts. Right. You know, instead of a traditional health insurance that people have and stuff. So I think, I think a lot of folks had that. So, but I can't go too much further in the podcast without doing a shout out to uh, Dr. Aaron Smiley about telemedicine because he is the king of telemedicine. Yes, he is. Um, and he would be so excited to hear, <laughs> to hear Paul, Paul the gazelle saying, man, people ought to expand their services and consider telemedicine. It's awesome. So I also... I'm wondering, Jason, what did you ask us about again? Insurance. Insurance. You know, when is pet insurance going to start doing things like covering grooming? Because if I have a dog who's prone to skin diseases, but if I get it bathed regularly at the groomer, maybe I can mitigate some of that, right? Like, I wish they would do that. Somebody, like, I'm happy to share that idea for free with, uh, <laughs> with industry developers. Um, you know, and, uh, and I'm hopeful that this pandemic, because, you know, Jason and I here, here at Vet Candy, we've been talking with a lot of other professionals in the industry during the pandemic. We've been talking with groomers, boarding kennels, daycares, and maybe we'll see all of that continue even when we get back to normal. Uh, maybe veterinarians and other animal care professionals um, will, will uh, continue to, to work work better together as colleagues on the animal care team, as we, as we say. Yeah, I think and, that they were doing really good. Uh, and I think that'll pick right back, right up in step because only, mm-hmm. uh, only everybody benefits from that. Not, you mm-hmm. know, every single right. business would benefit from that and the pets and the owners. So. 
Yeah. So, uh, so you know, we like to play games with our guests here on, <laughs> on in other news. And so, how about this? How about I'm going to ask tell you right now? Paul is terrified. He's like, "What do you mean play games? What's going on?" Here? <laughs> well, pa- Paul's the gazelle. He is the gazelle. So, what if I say so? You want it to be a zoo vet, right? Is that, that right, is Paul? True. Yes. Okay, so what if I ask you, I give you the name of a, an animal, and you tell me, like, you describe kind of what kind of animal it is. I'll give you the name of, like, an exotic animal. That's fine, you... but just because I wanted to be a zoo vet doesn't mean <laughs> I know anything about zoo animals. Well, so we could either do that, or we could ask Dr. Jason to define some economic terms, and you tell me if he's right. Oh, I like that one. I did so good on some of these other ones. I was so great at this. I just, you know, really enhanced my, my uh, knowledge here. Either Your way. reputation? Yes, okay, reputation. Let's, let's do that one then. How about that one, Paul? But uh, I'll, be... play, I'll play any game. Okay, so the first one. Oh, did you hear that, Jason? Paul the gazelle is game. Yeah, I got it. Do you think That's Paul a... can play find my computer? Pun intended! Mm. Okay. And listeners, Jason is frantically looking for something in the basement. I don't know. what it, What is it you're looking for? Uh, I got like a minute left on my thing. I can't. I had to move locations. I don't have a computer cord, so let's get to it. Oh, okay. So, Paul, or Jason, because I know Paul's going to know the answer. So, you tell us if he's right, because I'm not sure I know the answer. What are animal spirits in relation to the economy? Are you talking to me? Because that sounds like yeah. a good question. Okay, so um, I'm going to go with in this economy. It is any spirit you can get at a wine store that has a picture of an animal on it. <laughs> And that's what helps us get through the economy, right? The pandemic, right? That's got to be right. Paul? I'm going to go with it because uh, immediately when you said that, I thought of yellowtail wine. I'm telling you right. Me too. Exactly. Exactly. The kangaroo hey, wanted. Hey, shout out to yellowtail. You could send us some swag. We'll yeah, try we it. could. But, but I was going to mention it. So send me yeah. the swag. Okay. All right. So let's see. Jason, can you name the branches? See what I did there? The branches of economics? I, 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 <laughs> Christ, I can't even name one. If you give me one, I can name the other two. I'm not sure I know the answer to that. Okay, well, I got Google. <laughs> branches hey, of the I didn't legislative, think legal judicial, and executive. Right. Well, that question was submitted to us by one of our news hounds, Gina Shackle. Right. So we'll have to send her some swag. Yeah. Even though, like, we didn't, we did do it. Okay. So what is an asymmetric, what? Wait, we're not going to have an answer to that? No. Oh, because that means you must not know. <laughs> so no, I don't. <laughs> I guess I could Google it. I could right. GTS. I could Google that stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. What is an asymmetric shock? Who's sending you? Is, it, is this a question for me as, as it pertains to the economy? I know what asymmetric means. Not symmetrical. Shock. Yes. It's a shock that's not the same all over the place. Okay. For example, did you hear that? No, yeah. I didn't say anything because I have no idea. Okay. Zero oh, idea. Is he right? He sounds right. Is he right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Back to an animal one. What is a bear market, Jason? Bear market is when you want to sell all your stocks. I thought you were going to say it was one of those things they're trying to close down in China. Uh, that too. <laughs> Paul. Bear market is a down economy. I'm not sure you want to sell. Oh, I got it. I had a 50-50 chance. Uh-huh. I knew it was sell or buy. I wasn't sure. So. Okay. So the other kind is? Bull. Bull. Yes. yes. Thank you very much. All right. Bull. One for eight. Okay. So I think that the answer for the branches of economic are micro and macro. Well, yes. I mean, that is two versions uh, or two 
subsets of the economy, micro meaning it, local, okay. macro meaning the overarching economy. Okay, I, I didn't that know that. Just two part. classes that I was told to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, that might be accurate. That might be accurate. But I'm not sure that's a technical definition. That is so fabulous. Okay, well, that was all. That was kind of all the animal-related ones. The animal spirit one is was my favorite. Yeah, because people didn't really. Maybe Paul. Maybe that's why you were drawn to economics. Maybe. I don't even know the answer to that one yet. Oh, Paul, did you give the answer to animal spirits? I thought you already gave it. You said drink some yellowtail. Oh, that's right. See how I I just went with that. Yeah, animal spirits. I like it. Okay, Paul, we thank you so very much for joining us here in the Candyverse to talk about economics. I appreciate in- you. I appreciate you having me. I, I look. I was really excited to talk to all the news hounds. Oh, oh great! Hounds. Look at that. We love it. And Paul, it's not his side hustle. I think it's his major hustle. He does. <laughs> valuations. He has veterinarians and clinics that are um, clients of his. And so, Paul, you have a website where they can find you if people are interested? Yes, it's gazellaconsulting.com. G-A-Z-A-L-E-H. Great. And we'll put a link to his website on the episode notes for everybody who's interested. And wait a minute, veterinary practices have to pay business taxes too, don't they? They do. And do you handle that? I do handle tax returns, yes, for business and individual clients. All right. Well, you know, we got some, some of us haven't done our taxes yet this year because of the COVID. You there have was some a deadline. time. That's yeah, right. We, it was extended. It was extended. Yes. It was right. July extended. 15th. July, July 15th. Thank you so much. Right. And even then, you can file an extension and get more time if you need it. But I guess we still got to pay, right? We can't just keep extending forever. We eventually have to pay what we owe. Well, yes. And just remember, an extension is a time to file, not an extension of time to pay. That's so why they charge money, you that I would interest. pay it with the extension. Yes. Yes. Wait, hold on. What now? <laughs> when, you extend, when you extend your taxes, you're only extending your obligation to file, not your obligation to pay. So if you pay your, t- if you owe taxes, you should pay that by July oh, okay. 15th to avoid I interest and penalties. I understand. If, I, if I'm making a ton of money, I got to pay every quarter. I still got to pay every quarter, not just to file. Gotcha. Yes, sort of. You that's close. right. I'm telling you, that is 100% correct. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, but July 15th this year, not April 15th. Right. And uh, yeah. And this was so fantastic. Paul, you're so great to put up with us and our crazy questions and crazy predictions. And maybe, maybe I think we have a better idea of what we can do to mitigate for whatever may show up, regardless of if the magic eight ball is correct. Right? Yes. Okay. Excellent. And one more time, your website is? GazellaConsulting.com. G-A-Z-A-L-E-H. Awesome. Awesome. All right, news hounds. Y'all take it easy. Don't breathe on anyone. Don't breathe in anybody else's droplets. And we'll catch you on the next episode of In Other News. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.